This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, April 18th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. New legislation winding through Congress would give the government new powers to vacuum up all sorts of information about you, hang on to it for a long while, and share it with lots of new groups. But the government hasn't even made the case for why the threats are worthy of the intrusion, according to Jim Harper, Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. The cybersecurity debate is hot this week and next on Capitol Hill. And it's interesting to observe how that debate is going. For the most part, it has two framings. On the Hill specifically, the framing is which bill is the best? Which one should we pick? There are a couple in the House. There are a couple in the Senate. Apparently, the leadership wants a bill called the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, a Mike Rogers bill out of the Intelligence Committee. But which bill to pick is just one framing. Another framing to the issue is what privacy tweaks will make cybersecurity legislation acceptable. And that's been one of the dominant motifs of this week. So what changes are being made? What changes have been offered? Are there actually changes being offered? It's unclear still. Though some of the talking points suggest that compromise is being made, I haven't seen it. But I think either of those framings are actually inappropriate. The real question is whether the case has been made for legislation in this area. Uh, Along two dimensions, I don't think that the case has been made for legislation on cybersecurity. The first is that the threat to our country from cybersecurity attacks is vastly overblown. The problem is not as substantial as most people have been led to believe in Washington, D.C. There have been rare instances where cyber attacks have some kind of real-world consequence. Um, By that, I mean kinetic consequence, that is, some kind of damage done to something. Uh, There was one case where uh, an insider actually caused a sewage spill. He had 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 responsibility for the the operation of of a wastewater treatment plant, and disgruntled, he actually caused a sewage spill using his knowledge of the systems. The other is the rather infamous Stuxnet virus. And that virus caused uh, the nuclear weapons program in Iran to be derailed for some period of time. We don't know exactly how long, but the, uh, uh, the virus was written most likely by the U.S. government or the Israeli government or the two working in tandem. Uh, it was work, written, and it might have been written with the collusion of a company called Siemens, which makes uh, the uh, industrial control devices than the one that was affected in this case. Very specific, very targeted, uh, high-quality virus. And while the the code is out there, and that may have been a mistake uh, and, a, and a, perhaps a serious one to, to let the code actually escape and the existence of the virus become known, uh, it isn't code that anybody can just turn around and uh, and point at some other industrial control system to cause a similar problem. It will take a good deal of reengineering uh, by highly sophisticated people to do anything with that code. Uh, so those are the major kinetic threats, uh, and they are real, but they're not so substantial that we need to um, steer the country on a new course. The other threats non-physical, non-kinetic threats are real. Uh, That is the loss of intellectual property or trade secret. That happens a lot. Downtime in certain industries, it could be, and this is only theoretical at this point, that electricity goes down for a period of time, that uh, financial services system of some kind or another goes down. 
But these are all things that our country can easily handle. Uh, they already happen just because of natural failures. Uh, so we aren't under siege. Uh, we aren't living under a cloud of an imminent cybersecurity attack that Congress needs to address right now, lest the country collapse. What are the arguments being made on Capitol Hill that uh, are giving the legislation that is uh, being offered momentum? Well, the arguments are simply to state threat in exaggerated terms. Uh, such things, such terms as cyber terrorism and cyber war, uh, join commentary like like that of Mike Rogers, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, who said he can't sleep at night because of these threats. I'd be interested to know whether he actually is sleeping at night because he probably is sleeping at night. A lot of people say things that are untrue in order to um, make their case. But the idea that uh, our society would be crippled, that uh, cyber is an existential threat, it's terminology like this that blows up the, the apparent problem and convinces people who don't have a way to know otherwise that we are under some kind of major threat. The other sense in which legislation has not been validated, that is the case for legislation has not been validated, is the solution, the, the dominant solution that's, that's moving around on Capitol Hill, which is the idea of information sharing. Uh, Congress doesn't know what the thousands of different problems that fall under the umbrella term cybersecurity are. So it's chosen as its preferred solution, information sharing. It's, it's sort of obvious that more information is good, right? It almost always is, though more information doesn't always help if the information isn't relevant and timely. Overreporting doesn't help. But information sharing has been chosen as the solution as though information sharing is not already happening. Of course, there are industry organizations, uh, there are technology providers that share information regularly, and sometimes information sharing is not appropriate. When a, when a company can get competitive advantage, an ISP, for example, can, can provide better service because it knows better how to secure its customers, uh, why is it that it should be required to share information about better cybersecurity with other, other companies? Let them figure it out. Let that competitive pressure drive cybersecurity rather than collective government-run cybersecurity information-sharing programs. The fetishization of information sharing on Capitol Hill then leads to the privacy concerns, which, again, is the dominant motif of the discussion right now, whether or not there are enough privacy protections. Well, the, the structure and the premise of the bills is the creation of the privacy problems. And if you can't make the case that life in America will be better because of these bills passing, of course you're going to lose on, a privacy, on the privacy argument because privacy gives way reasonably uh, in a trade-off to, to benefits like security. But the security benefits aren't, aren't forthcoming in the bills that we've seen because um, nobody knows exactly how this stuff's going to get fixed. And just picking information sharing as a random policy doesn't make the case for these bills. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.